Yeah, they said, and the doctor really likes it because they get a really immersive experience that they can interact with as if they're in an operating room, but they don't have to leave their office. And they see the device, how it's working. They see another device, another doctor working with it. And because it's 360, they get the whole experience of everyone in the room working together and they can zoom in on whatever they want. So those are the kind of rich experiences that were, that, that, that are self-service that weren't, we don't, we help our customers create content, but we're actually not in the content business. We built the tools to allow people to create, to do this by themselves. So we're helping people get into the metaverse, if you allow my definition of the metaverse to include non-Zuckerberg-defined uh, uh, interactions. Everything outside of that, we're very much in the VR world and the, you know, in that, in that world. Hi friends, welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul. That was Kurt Kratchman. Kurt is the CEO at Verti. And Verti is on a mission to improve human performance by making experiential training affordable and accessible to everyone. In our conversation today, Kurt and I talk about what experiential learning is, what immersive learning is, and how it differs from the training that most salespeople are receiving now. We dig into how his customers are using this experiential immersive experiences to transform how they train and enable sales teams. We also explore what sales leaders should be doing to create a culture of learning within their organizations. So we get into all of this and much, much more. But before we get to Kurt, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So thank you. And let's jump into it. Kurt, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andy. I'm happy to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. So um, you're joining us from France today. I am. I'm in uh, the south of France. I'm in the, uh, just outside of Montpellier uh, on the beach. I'm actually in a hotel lobby. I've got a uh, friend here who's staying here. He's about 15 minutes from my house. So I just came to visit him for a little bit. And, uh, and the time worked out really well. They have also good internet, so I can talk to you from here. I hope, I hope it looks okay and sounds okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, we're mostly concerned about the audio today. We'll you do a little bit. We'll take a clip from the video to use for promotion purposes, but uh, mostly, mostly audio. It's good. Uh, so south of France, Montpellier, uh, on the beach. Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I'm, I, I am lucky. I mean, look, in the remote world, you can be lots of different places. Oh, working. yeah. But also our business is global. And we. I just spent last week in uh, the UK. Uh, so it was easy to go from France to the UK and then back again. It's just an hour and a half, hour and 15 minute flight. And uh, so that was convenient. And I have a team that's there. So we got to see them and a lot of customers. Um, so, yeah, you know, be, being with customers is a great feeling, which hasn't happened, as you Isn't know, it? for a couple of years. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I was just talking to somebody about this last week. I was talking to a gentleman whose company runs uh, they have an application for field sales. And so I sort of used him as sort of like canary in the coal mine during the pandemic to talk about, you know, what he saw with regard to field sales because he was working with organizations. His customers are all companies, huge field sales organizations. And so I had him just talk to it last week and he said, yeah, you know, our business is up 40% over the last six months because people are going back out to see customers again. Customers want sellers to come visit them. I mean, virtual is great. We can get a lot done virtually, but you and I both know we've been selling virtually for decades <laughs> um, is nothing replaces actually being able to visit and meet somebody face to face. 100%. I've been doing SaaS sales for the past 10 years, if not more. And even it's, it's business, business SaaS. Sure. 
it always happens in person. Right. All the deals get set up in person. Yeah, yeah, this software might be demoed, it might be used, it might be deployed. Yes, it's cloud-based and the pricing model is SaaS, but the sale is still done with the humans. Now, would I like to make a self-service product that someone can just log into, use, and get paid and never have to talk to a human being again? I don't think so because I still like the, the fun of the. I like the right. whole fun of the process. Maybe maybe we'll evolve to that point that something can be so self service, but not for at least not for the type of applications that I've been around or been part of building. Uh, they've always required a certain amount of discussion, conversation. You know, challenge. You know, being confronted with challenges or unique situations, unique integration, security protocols, all those kind of things that require. CTOs and CIOs and other other you know stakeholders to be involved with, but also too you know with with ISO and other types of mm -hmm. compliance and other kind of risk assessments, all SaaS businesses still have to go through. If if it's if it's core to somebody's company, they've yeah. they've got to go through a human process of consultation. Yeah, well, I think it's some people would make the argument that sure we can do that all virtually and remotely and use Zoom or whatever. My point is is that sure. Of course you can, but if you have the opportunity to go meet them face to face, and I put this challenge to people, I said, if, if you and I are competing on a deal and let's say it's worth, yeah, half a million dollars, quarter million dollars, whatever. If I go visit and you don't, I like my odds of winning the deal. I concur. I mean, I'll just speak to what I did last week in the UK. Mm -hmm. It was a really big deal for those companies who I met with, both in healthcare and publishing, as well as uh, uh, hardware, uh, that I visited them in person. I've spoken with them for the last year, year and a half on the telephone. Mm -hmm. And we had a fine relationship and we yeah. actually do some business. But being there has accelerated everything. Being there, and it's, you know what we talked about over lunch or dinner? Nothing business related. Soccer, hopefully. Families. Yeah. We, you know, life, uh, personal ambitions, yep. um, uh, politics, uh, you know, human, human issues. Uh, it felt like a, it felt like conversations in humanities. It felt like I was with, you know, p people at a restaurant or at a bar or you would meet yep. for the first time. And it was, they were just conversations that were really, that touch on a lot of things that you talk about, about uh, that connection and that mm -hmm. curiosity and understanding and and then of course when we got to things that we you know we want to make sure that we were on track to do it becomes that generosity because ultimately i'm there to help them solve a problem that they have right. and of course if it if it's part of my if my solution set helps them great I, there's obviously a value exchange but a lot of times what i sell i'm only part of the solution there's just mm -hmm. a, it's a much more complex set of pieces and i'll often be involved because of my past experience giving them advice or telling them about these other pieces that could be good and useful to look at. And even, even you know, in our company, Vertu, although we are a SaaS business that people can buy us as a standalone, we are only as good as our ecosystem partners that we work right. together on content and hardware. That's what, makes our, that's what makes our product work. And so I have to be, I have to have a point of view about content and hardware and have to know the landscape and have to educate my customer about it because the world of VR is super confusing. Right. Well, so let's, we sort of jumped ahead, but uh, tell us what you do and who you work yeah, for and sure. so on. Sure. So, so Verti is an immersive learning company. Immersive, by immersive, our definition means, yes, we can use VR. Yes, we can use avatars. 
But it's this idea where you're not just reading, uh, I mean, books can be immersive, but oftentimes what we're finding is when you're interacting with the content, mm-hmm. that draws you in, and that basically creates a focus. You're not multitasking on your phone, although our product does work on mobile phones and mm-hmm. web browsers. The richest experience is when people do put on a headset. Right. And we work with almost every headset company out there, but we work really closely with HTC in the, at the level of product development. Mm-hmm. And HTC is out of Taiwan. And right. in fact, HTC has exclusivity over our software in all of APAC. So that's, they actually sell on our behalf. Mm-hmm. And so we help them. We help build product that they can sell better. And then we, we have our own sales teams in North America and, and, and in Europe. Um, but what we do is we are bringing uh, immersive learning to the enterprise at scale in a very cost-effective way. And while we hear a lot about the metaverse, we hear a lot about you know all these CGI environments mm-hmm. and using avatars to talk together, that's actually not what we do at all. We right. are very straightforward. Like we have, we have two major products. One is interactive video. So mm-hmm. it's like 360 video, which everyone has experienced. You can look around a space and up and down and you can feel like you're in it. And we also have these avatars that have natural language uh, processing that you can talk to. Right. And we use them for diagnostics, for diagnostic training. So our company was founded by Dr. Alex Young, who's a medical doctor in, who came out of Bristol mm-hmm. in the UK. And he, he came out, and he's a surgeon, and he, is, uh, and he, felt, he felt himself that although he has the credentials to operate, he did not feel as well-trained as he could have been on certain areas. Right. And, he asked, and, he asked, and he asked himself, and he asked others, would you want me as your doctor coming out of this, you know, with, with yes, I'm, I'm legally can do these things to you, but I do not have enough training in these particular areas, and right. my soft skills need improvement or power skills right. in other areas. So. He used VR, he, he, on his spare time, he built out a prototype of ways to improve and engage in simulation training. Mm-hmm. And simulation training is a big part of the healthcare industry. Right. Yep. Sim center, at every hospital has a simulation center. You practice sometimes on mannequins, sometimes on patients, sometimes on actors. And so what we've done is taken all of, a lot of those processes and moved them into 360 video and using avatars. So we've created simulations of the simulations that mm-hmm. are now used in sim centers globally. Yeah. And we sold into many hospital systems in the U.S., many in the, in the U.K. and NHS, and then some in the Middle East. And certainly uh, we've got about 30 installations in JPAC as well mm-hmm. with, with HTC. And so, um, so, so I've come in as the CEO because Alex has this amazing ability to really penetrate the healthcare industry. And when they raised the A round, I came in and I said, look, this is really, there's lots of other industries that could benefit from this type of simulation training. Right. And yes, diagnostics for nurses and doctors are really important, but so are diagnostic tools for sellers. Yeah. Like when you're selling something, essentially what I'm doing with my customers, patients, I'm doing a diagnostic. I'm, I'm understanding what the business issues mm-hmm. are, mm-hmm. the pain. I'm understanding what the value is of being fixed. Right. Being corrected, right? right? Like I quantify that. I, I I try to understand that that prospect has the power to say yes or no, and if not, who in their organization does? And I work around that, and I and I and I create a plan of activities of that you know of, of protocols, if you will, right. you know that then that then move us into a mutual agreement about dates and other things. And that kind of I mean that's sort of a methodology of value selling, but in many ways. That's what a diagnostic is in the medical industry. Mm-hmm. You're trying to guess as quickly as possible by process of elimination or deduction what it is that 
the, this person is, 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 is struggling with. Right. And so that requires not only technical skills and knowledge, but it also requires self-skills, our power skills, mm-hmm. the ability to communicate, not just you can't be aggressive, you have to be empathetic, but mm-hmm. you also have to get information from someone who also might not be coherent. They might be on a lot of drugs or a bad combination of drugs. Sounds like some of my, like like my customers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so I've taken those same ideas and I've tried to translate them to the commercial marketplace. And lo and behold, it's been successful. Mm-hmm. Like we have now these corporate customers that we couldn't have imagined six months ago or a year ago when, when we just started doing, moving into these other adjacent markets. And so while I'm not going to name them, I don't want to be like, you know, in, I don't want to get into that. You know, it, they just for a, a little company like ours to get the attention of all these, these and we sell into the L&D teams, like right. learning development, subset of HR. Sometimes we sell into sales teams, COOs, CIOs, others, because once our technology becomes uh, incorporated into the infrastructure of the organization, it requires, you know, a, a more of a, a technical audit and a security audit and those right. kind of things. So those buyers will be involved, procurements involved, so we have to sell to them too. But we're selling to a lot of different people, not just the business stakeholder. And why people are buying us originally was because of remote, the need for remote learning. Right. A lot of people, a lot of doctors and nurses couldn't go to the simulation centers. Yep. And a lot of people who were training, who were hiring people, even remotely, didn't have the onboarding tools or the, or the, or the, or the training tools. Cause a lot of people still train in person, which is mm-hmm. high fidelity, but it's expensive. It costs, takes time to travel. Yep. And so we've replaced this with this hybrid sort of learning approach where you can do it through our virtual program. And so I have to practice what I preach. And I've been building sales teams for 20 years in different forms from professional services to consulting to uh, technology mm-hmm. um, and all the way through to, you know, just, you know, SaaS software sellers and lots of different verticals. Um, most, uh, you know, and, and, and my last, before I did this, I was at Oracle and I was at Oracle because they acquired our company, uh, Grapeshot, which is a data company. Mm-hmm. And so I've been both at startups all the way to enterprise and the same process has been working, the same issues around training people. And so when I, I said this, I said, we have to use this for our own staff. And we, and I was, I was onboarded through Verti. And here's, here's what I, here's what I experienced, Andy. Now, when I came in, I didn't create the content. It was already created by the team that was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to learn the culture, mm-hmm. learn all the business processes, learn sort of who's who for what. And we were, a, we're a relatively small team. We're only 30, 35 people. So it's not a really huge organization, right. but it, it's all remote. Right. Nobody has ever met each other. And we're, and, and what makes our culture, what makes our company stick is the culture. And the culture has to be embedded into the content. And so, I'm with a headset on and I'm like, oh, this is what these people look like in their house, in their, in their rooms, and their, and this is our office and here's right. our software. And, and then, and then how we are doing selling. We use sort of a challenger selling methodology and we sort of teach that in the basis, but we also are teaching the, the, the fundamentals of learning and development mm-hmm. and education and, and what, what it's like, you know, in health situations. And then we have a lot of content from our customers to help us be empathetic about what they're training on, mm-hmm. which, you know, they're training on surgeries and on diagnostics. And so we see a lot of that content. And because it's, because it's um, immersive and it's question and answers and it's responsive and you have to click on lots of things, you're really quite engaged. And if you're with a headset on, you're, you know, you're in a space and you're moving around. So, I, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever experienced a headset and immersive experience. Just but once, but it's, it's pretty short. 
but it's, it's, it's rich. Yeah. That's all I can say. And you don't have to be on it for many hours. You just have to be on it for 10 minutes or 15 minutes to really get a fully you know, immersive experience. Right. So that has been really valuable for the organization for onboarding. And here's what's been valuable for the selling part. Then we started focusing on how can we get our sales team, how can we get our sales team in, 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 in time to value? When we were at Oracle, it used to take sellers about six months mm -hmm. to get to value. At most of my companies, we give people about three months. Yeah. At Verti, we gave people about one month. And we're now at the point where it's about seven days where people can be hired. They go through our training. Mm -hmm. And by business day seven, they're ready to go out and sell. And why that's important well, when you say for ready, us, meaning what's, yeah. what's the benchmark for sales readiness for you? Okay. So, so sorry, sorry about the background noise. I'm, I'm near a bar. Um, I'm, the, the ready to sell means that they can prospect that they can pitch, that they can take someone through a demo, and they can get someone to yes. And the yes meaning typically a POC. Mm -hmm. And so that's what, now, now the training doesn't stop at seven days, right? It's, we have actually a curriculum that lasts for eight weeks, but, the people, but, but they don't have to wait till the eighth week mm -hmm. to start, start being productive. That's what I, hopefully, I, hopefully I, I mean, yeah. I want to answer your question, yeah. but that's what I meant by seven days. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, this is one thing I also find very curious because there's this idea of sales readiness or you know, full productivity or whatever within, as you said, within three months, six months. But I wonder if that's, isn't that sort of a false narrative to some degree? And this is more speaking more generally, and you've been in sales for a long time. And what's why I wanted to ask the question is that people learn at different rates, right? And I find people being in organizations being... <laughs> flushed more quickly than perhaps they should because, you know, hey, this person just takes longer to come up to speed or, you know, we learn or adapt at different rates. And we've also seemed to have lost this whole idea of, of sales really being an apprenticeship, which it really is. I mean, as a craft, it... Okay, I'm, I concede. You're yeah. right on every point. Oh. You're, you're right on. Every point. I wasn't, wasn't, wasn't what I was trying to do, but yeah, go ahead. No, 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 no. But, 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 let, but let me qualify why sure. I was sort of pitching this notion of a reduction of time. Yeah. Is that the two attributes that, that we really focus on at Verity is skill fade reduction, okay. right? And, and, a sense of, and a sense of memory retention. They sound like they're one of the same things, but they're actually a little bit Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So, so skill fade reduction, memory, the forgetting so skills, curve. So, right, so if, if you're learning something technical, diagnostics right. or what it might be, once you learn something, if you're not putting it into practice on a routine basis, your, your, your retention of those diagnostic skills are going to go down right. really quickly right. unless you keep practicing. So the ability to, keep, to come back to the software whenever you want on your own time without having to have a study buddy or, or anybody uh -huh. else is really, um, is really valuable. And that is a reduction that, that keep, that allows the, the end user to keep training on their own time, which is, which is what our platform is about. Anytime, wherever you are, and you get high fidelity training at, at no extra cost, it's unlimited usage, all that kind of stuff. And that's why it's used at universities and at hospital systems and whatnot. And, and just that's the the important case. qualifier, as you said, you, you don't need to have a VR headset. You no, it. it works on your mobile phone. Right. So if you think of like a chat bot, right, yeah. that you've used before, you can talk to it, but you can also just use it like texting, right. you know, and it'll ask you questions and back and forth. Um, inside the web browser, it's just like WebGL or like a web browser, mm -hmm. but yeah. And if you're in the headset, then you get this really immersive experience. Right. Um, 
with the memory retention, this is another thing. You and I will learn something, and tomorrow we will forget it. <laughs> I guarantee uh, it, yeah. If we don't continue to <laughs> practice it. And because of the way that we have our instructional design built into the software, it has all the sort of the tricks to sort of sear in different ways of gamification, of competition, of, of time, of eye tracking, of what you're focused on. So the, the, the instructional, instructional designer can build in all these sort of preferred tools mm -hmm. and sort of standardized tools that allow for memory retention. And that's what's, that's, that's the DNA. That's the data. That's the data that's part of our platform. Right. So when you're building, in, when you're building courses, you're not just recording a video. You're, you're then putting all these layers on top of it, all these interactive elements. Uh, it could be video on video. It could be layers of media on top of it. It could be questions. It could be quizzes, all the kind of things that you would do in instructional design. And so all of those are the sort of the hacking ways to get Sort of, sorry, so you sort of get a silverware uh, cascade. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm very much in a in a hotel lobby. Yeah. Um, you can get very much uh, those reinforced through the instructional design, and so that helps with memory retention. Right. And those are the two things that we're looking for. We, we, I want, I want someone learns. I want them to continue to practice because they like it, and they're and they're competing against others. And and there's a lot of there's a lot of co you can see your your other people who you're competing with part of your company. If it's a broader cohort, you can see how people are doing around the country, around the world on that particular topic. But um, but yeah, that's 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 what I meant by uh, memory retention yeah. and skill fade reduction. So I know you don't want to name names of companies, but give us an example of of how one of your clients, if they use it for, you know, enabling their sales team. Yeah, so it's a prestigious uh, franchise company. Mm -hmm. It's a franchise that owns eight brands. Mm -hmm. uh, each of these brands have to do with um, home services, garage door, automatic garage right. door replacement, um, uh, painting, um, renovating your kitchen, mm -hmm. renovating your bathroom, uh, junk removal, right. right? These are all services that have to, have to do with home repairs. They, they have a, a national franchise of that with these eight or nine brands. They keep acquiring brands, so I'm not, it could be 10 by now. <laughs> But they 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 license they they roll out about ten franchises a month, right. new franchises. So you can imagine, each franchise has anywhere between five and twenty people associated with it. Those franchises, who people who buy franchises, are oftentimes successful business people who are ready to retire, but they they have some capital, but they don't want to necessarily they still want to be involved in some business, but they'd like to make some passive revenue. Mm -hmm. They'll invest in a franchise, hire a manager who runs the business day to day, and then they'll help out with sort of setup structure, mm -hmm. sort of oversight, you know, legal fees, legal, legal licenses, things like that. And so uh, these, but these teams, the franchise brand operator is responsible as part of their license to train the franchisors, the operators and their management teams. Mm -hmm. And the way historically that they do it is they come on to the, they come to the headquarters for three weeks right. to four weeks right. to do formal training, like McDonald's University. Yep or anything else, they're all part of the learning and development of how to run a successful franchise. This forward-thinking company, not just because of COVID, but because they believe in their operating model, is better designed if they can move their training into Verti and push that out at the local level to the franchises by, by recording very high-quality work. And then the franchises also have coaches who are out in the field, they're like regional coaches mm -hmm. who go around. And then the coaches come in and work with them in local settings. Right. So that saves them on the three weeks or four weeks on the travel, all that commitment, 
allows them to get up and going faster. And, um, and, that's, and, and, and so why that sales training? Because these are oftentimes, a lot of these people are in the trades of kitchen renovation or painting or garage, you know, technical garage course. But these folks are also responsible now for business development, doing the assessments, at the, at doing the assessments right. at the front door, doing the proposal at the kitchen table. This is selling. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And these are the skills that they don't really, they're not, that they're not comfortable with and they don't really know how to do. And so we, so they've taken their operating model with Verti and we've, we've moved these, not only the technical training, but also the sales training into this model. And you'd be surprised how similar it is to what you call power skills mm -hmm. and soft skill training, mm -hmm. but also following a script. Yeah. And also making sure that while there's room for ad lib and there's room for soft skills, what they found formula and formula again is that when they stay on the script and ask the right questions the right way, they get the optimal results. Mm -hmm. It's when the trainer learns from another trainer and it keeps getting, re it keeps getting reduced because it keeps getting modified until it's free form that, that they that those franchises have a, have a less successful outcome than the ones who sort of stay on script. Mm -hmm. And by using our software and reinforcing, you're always staying on script because you're not changing the script. That's, that's, that's an example of a franchise industry. Um, there are other examples in the corporate industry that are less sales, but more leadership mm -hmm. training and more around uh, skill, leadership skills, soft skill communication, right. difficult conversations, right. diversity, equity, inclusion, sensitivity training, all those kind of things. Put yourself in the other person's shoes, have difficult conversations with managers for new managers, for other managers. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of that kind of role mm -hmm. playing that is really, that, that virtual reality is really good for well, practicing with a virtual body. Right. Well, so if you were to project, and because I said you've been in the sales business for a long time, and say, okay, you've got this this tool. If you could envision just how sales training should evolve, right? Because there's general consensus that we invest a ton in sales training, but if you ask most C-level executives, they say, yeah, we're not getting the return on it that 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 we need. How would you fix that using Verdi? Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm not convinced that our solution has is going to fix that. I think we are. I think we solve a part of the problem. I think we are additive. Mm -hmm. I think we are. We are a useful, cost-effective tool for part of the problem. But I don't think. I, I don't. I think we're. It has to be combinatory. Mm -hmm. I just don't think. I don't think we'll ever be in a situation. I, well, listen. Maybe I say. I hope we're never in a world. Where we don't have mentors yeah. and mentees and people giving live feedback. But I also think that there are masters and master classes and masterful ways of doing things using content to create scale mm -hmm. and interactivity to improve memory and skill fade reduction. Right. Um, and I believe that those tools are useful in the form of an immersive environment where you feel like you're in the game or you feel like you're in the right. space. And that creates a sense of stress and drama that really is, you can't get unless you're in a real life battle, mm -hmm. so to speak, right? That's where I think this tool that we're doing is really good because if I can record a live customer interaction in done in a dynamic way that really feels authentic I can learn so much from observing mm -hmm. that. Now, 
you know, is that now in, in some industries that sort of those parameters are relatively cookie cutter and you can find the ideal customer profile all over again with that same formula and that right. works really well. There's going to be some industries where that won't, that is, it's too dynamic, it's too contextual, mm -hmm. it's too specific to a certain type of, and it just won't be able to be repeated. Right. But what I'm finding, Andy, and this is early, now remember we haven't been at this for more than right. a couple of years, but in my conversations with pharma, with medical device companies, I mean, adjacent industries, industries right. to healthcare that have already adopted right. us. We're, we're, we're really well adopted in hospital systems and universities attached to hospital systems. They great, because their, 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 their whole, um, intervention methodologies lend themselves really well to moving them into our mm -hmm. platform. Um, but when I'm, I'm now I'm trying to do this with medical device companies as well as with pharmaceutical and the way that they sell, they sell through yep. education. They sell through experience, right? And, and sometimes they've got to demo products and their demos, um, unless they're there physically with them or sometimes in the operating room, they can't get the full story across. And sometimes by doing it in 360 recording it, what we're doing, it's, it's proven really effective for them. And what they do, they load the content on the headset and they send it to the doctor. Send the headset to the doctor. Yeah, they said, and the doctor really likes it because they get a really immersive experience that they can interact with as if they're in an operating right. room, but they don't have to leave their office. And they see the device, how it's working. They see another device, another doctor working with it. And because it's 360, they get the whole experience of everyone in the room working together and they can zoom in on whatever they want. So those are the kind of rich experiences yeah. that were, that, that, that are self-service that weren't, we don't, we help our customers create content, but we're actually not in the content business. We've built the tools to allow people to create, to do this by themselves. Right. So we're helping people get into the metaverse. Right. If you allow my definition of the right. metaverse to include non-Zuckerberg-defined uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, interactions, everything outside of that, we're very much in the VR world and the, you know, in that in that world. So well, it's a great thought, a though. You good, were just uh, good, sorry, but a great thought. Your example yeah. about yeah, shipping. As a salesperson, you ship a VR headset to a customer to get yeah. them to And I can get onto that headset with them, and I can actually get on that headset with them and be there. Yeah, now see, I think that's really interesting. That's wacky, yeah. right? I mean, that's, that, is, that, is, that is the whole sort of wormhole experience that we're envisioning that will grow. But I will tell you right now, that's a very limited situation. Still today, it's crawl, walk, yeah, run, yeah, yeah. right? Right now... Right now, we spend an inordinate, inordinate amount of time just educating our customers about the ecosystem. Hardware, content, software. That's, that's our first step. A lot of our customers have never put on a headset. They're all, they're all mandated by their organization to figure out how VR can play a role right. in their sales or training organization, but they don't necessarily know where to start. So the first thing we have to do is just try to help them anchor themselves. So that's the... That's the connection and the curiosity and the right. understanding and the, and the, and the generosity at right. work, right? Those are the things that we're doing every day. Yes, we want to close a deal, but we also realize that some buyers are still learning about what this world is. So that's the maturity mm -hmm. spectrum. And we're very early on in, in, the, in the growth of what this will be. I still think we're a few years ahead of, ahead of the market. Right. That being said... Those, that's why when we work really closely with our partners like HTC, when people are already shopping for hardware, they've already invested in the right. idea. And now, oftentimes, they don't realize they buy, they create a bespoke piece of content, and then they forget that they have to buy a hardware for it. And hardware costs right, right, money, yeah. right? The, 
on the cheaper end of the spectrum, it's a few hundred bucks, and the more expensive end, it's a, it can be a couple thousand, right? But it's somewhere, let's say five to, let's say the sweet spot for really high quality professional B2B VR hardware is in the $700 right. zone, okay? So then the next question is, well, do you buy a, a, headware, a headset for everybody in my company, or do you just buy five of them and let people share, or 50, or whatever it is? Fine, well, I don't care how many you actually buy. But you need to have right. content because the hardware without Nothing, the content right, yeah. is like, you know, a computer without applications, right. right? And so and so what we do, we do two things. We have a lot of off-the-shelf content through both that we've created, our partners have created, and there's a lot of content creators who create content on our platform. So we have a lot of there that's there that people can just use off the shelf. But most of our customers need bespoke custom mm-hmm. content that's re- relevant to their brand. And what they really like is that, that now... Now that they've seen, they like it, they see other people's content, now they want to make their own. And so they've got two choices. They can have, they can create, they can hire a boutique content creation agency, create the content, put it onto our, using our platform and put it on there, or the customer can do it themselves with an Insta360 camera or a GoPro and, you know, a storyboard and a script and they create it themselves. And that's what, that's what our customers do. Almost all of our healthcare customers make their own custom, make their own content. And we have customers in Texas, for example, at a hospital system in um, Houston. They have over 1,500 simulations on our platform of surgeries. They record every surgery, and they make them interactive Mm -hmm. modules. The doctors are giving voiceovers. Then the instruction designers are then pointing out all the key things to look out for. And they use them like sports teams use films to study a game. The doctors then say, oh, this is what I did right. This is what I did wrong. This is what the anesthesiologist did, you know, and, and then the, the learning instructional designer creates Q&As and hotspots so that the learner can see what went right and what went wrong so they can improve for their next time. That's it, yeah. man. That's well, how that, it works. Yeah, so now there's there's been this wave of conversational intelligence platforms and sales or recording calls, you know, so you can, you know, deconstruct calls, analyze calls, but you're not seeing the person necessarily. I mean, you can with Zoom calls, you see some, but yeah, I think degree you can make that more immersive that would yeah i'm just sort of thinking it's it, that'd be very powerful like one of the things i would sell you on is how can i make one of your books like a course and how can i make that a program okay well, i won't we'll, sell no, you i'll we'll, just say we'll talk about it we'll talk about it after we finish recording <laughs> yeah. no no, no. Right. but you get my point like there's all these subject matter experts who have who have used traditional media or right. interactive media or powerpoints or pdfs or videos sure. or other that, types yeah. of things and what we're now, now we have this subset of professionals who are now building content on our platform who are taking basically what they do at their live training seminars, they're recording them, and they're adding additional, and they're basically layering media up to create sort of this hyper, hyper media experience in our, inside our platform. And then, and then that becomes part of the curriculum that then they, they, they have a distribution channel that they can go sell out and have a, and, and it's gotta work, I mean, it's gotta be, it's got to be thoughtful how you think about a right. VR experience. You just can't take flat content in 2D. I mean, you can yeah, take 2D content and make it interactive. But then the question is, well, why use, right. why use us for that? You can, there's lots of other right. things you can use for that. When you get into the immersiveness of the video and you get into the diagnostic tools of the avatars and you bring them together, that's where the magic happens. And that's what we call the mm-hmm. learner's journey. So the learner's journey starts with situational awareness. They get into the context right. of the situation. They see what's going on. So we have a customer who does, you know, they, they run services mm-hmm. for airlines at airports. So think of baggage handlers and think of the engineers and all that right. on the ramp. All that's done. You know, a lot of that training is done because these are hourly right. contract workers, high, high turnover. 
and safety right. is paramount. Safety and, and is, is a really big deal. And, um, you know, they're fueling planes and they're handling bags and inclement weather. And there's lots of it's a very dynamic uh, environment of having equipment all around you. And so they use our platform as part of their training yeah. curriculum. I like it. Because that 360 works really well in those environments and they get situational awareness. And then they move over to the next part of the journey, which is the diagnostics. And then the third part is the in-classroom yeah. uh, training and, you know, and, and discussions and the, sort of the group training. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's the yeah, way well, I mean, it, it, it overlays directly into sales. I mean, it's you talk about situational awareness, which so many sellers are lacking because they have been trained just to follow this process, right? Full speed ahead. This is the process. It's not being aware of where they are, sort of the OODA loop, you know, approach to things. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, okay. Triggered a lot of thoughts. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And again, I, I wish I would say that this was like a slam dunk and we figured out every, every problem here, but we're not. The reality is we're learning new use yep. cases all the time. And, and, I'm not, and I'm suggesting that this is not, yes, this is, yes, your podcast is around sales. And of course, I want to talk about that and, and selling. But a lot of it is still, like you said, around sometimes we, we foist upon our sales teams, well, here's how the CEO mm -hmm. founder did it. And this is what got them success. So just copy that. Or here's a script that works for me. Will it work for you? A lot of that is trial and error. Yep. Or read a book by XYZ who created, created some version of predictive revenue concept. And, and that doesn't apply right. anymore. Or it doesn't apply, you know, the SDR, BDR handoff to the AE, to the, to the sales engineer, to the... Maybe in some cases that still is useful. But I, I, I've, I've tried that and it doesn't work it's not working mm -hmm. for us as much. So we're, we have to constantly try to iterate and, and learn. And I told you that I, I sort of immersed my own team mm -hmm. in our own software. And our, part of our team's requirement to be able to sell is that they've got to create their own simulations. Mm -hmm. And so we've had other, we have team members who have their personal hobbies, whether it's skydiving or guitar playing or, you know, or even, even um, right. target shooting. And they all build 360 simulations around all their personal stuff. And it's sort of, it's sort of it. remarkable how much I learned right. about something when, when I can see everything that's going on, not just like some images or some sketches or some, a PowerPoint presentation. And I hear it and I, and I get this, I sense the, it's, it's right. very palpable. Um, or, or we have done some demos where even we've used actors. And I was like, okay, this isn't right. great. They're actors. We have to work with right. real customers and do some live sessions and see how that goes because that's authentic. And it might be a little bit rough and sloppy and it might not exactly be perfect, but at least at least yeah. it's real. And then we can we can deconstruct that. And you made a comment earlier that I thought was what I see quite often is, you know, the, the, the call recordings. We, we use tools like uh, Fathom, Note Taker, or things that you can do, you know, like in Zoom, you can record the Zoom call right. and it takes the notes and it has a transcription. We can read all that. And while that's helpful and, and interesting and it gives me a, it, gives, it allows me to sort of you know have a bird's eye view on what my my seller's doing or helps me through my crm to get up to speed on an account because i can watch a video what's really valuable is when i can take clips of those little moments and assemble them mm -hmm. into our platform and then and then have a thoughtful statement right. about it like here's a best practice or here's a pattern or here's something but you know it does require work right. it requires effort i mean sales training is not no. is not easy like it, it requires attention yeah. to detail constantly yeah and constant 
Yeah, but once you do set up, once you do set up this content, the nice thing is you can get it out to a lot of people yeah. really quickly, and that's really yeah. cool. Very cool. All right, Kurt, we sort of run out of time here, but um, that's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry if I. I mean, we we. Uh, as people don't know, we, we actually talked for a long time before we started recording. I think we might have missed some good stuff there. But um, we'll have you back. We'll talk more about it. So uh, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so we're at Verti.com, V-I-R-T-I.com. You can get me, Kurt, K-U-R-T, at Verti.com. Um, of course, hit us up on our website, do a demo, call us. Uh, yeah, we'd love to engage. We just love to talk to you about what we're seeing in the market. Uh, we don't have all the answers, but we're certainly generous uh, with sharing and, uh, and with educating the market about what we're doing. And uh, we also have a great partnership ecosystem. So if we can't solve it for you, we're certainly happy to introduce you to the right people just so you can Perfect. cut through the noise. All right. Well, Kurt, have a great day in south of France. All right. Merci, Andy. <laughs> Au revoir. A bientôt. <laughs> a tout à Bye. Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. As always, I'm so grateful for your support of the show. And I want to thank our guest, Kurt Cratchman, for sharing his insights with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, Sales Enablement with Andy Paul, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So thank you for your help with that. And as always, thank you so much for investing your time with me today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. 